0: Okay, we are live today is January 13th, Wednesday, of course, with another episode of Reflection Artist Live. We have special guests with us, Tom Smith of Buff Bright Products. He has 41 years in the industry. He's worked on many different levels, uh, many years of his own detail shop, about 12 years of operating and owning his own detail shop from the late 80s into the late 90s. And then, of course, uh, having his own distributorship uh, territory with multiple vehicles catering to dealerships, detailers, you name it. When it comes to detail products, uh, so he's got quite the background and quite a lot of information to offer. However, I want to dig into his background because right now, relevantly, he's you know representing and, and developed uh, Buff Bright products. And so we'll get to that, but we want to know who Tom is. So Tom, thank you for being on and uh, give me a little bit about your background and what got you into detail and where that all transpired from.
1: You bet. Uh, By the way, thanks for having me on your show, Justin. I think uh, what you guys are doing is awesome.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: (laughs) you. So basically my background, uh, I grew up in a family. My father was a physician. Uh, I think he washed his car once or twice a year so. I'm. Uh, I don't know where my automotive background comes for and from in that regard, but uh, at about age 14, the uh, first job that I got, uh, besides moving pipe out in a farmer's field at age 13, was I worked at a car dealership uh, owned by my cousin. Uh, he owned the Chevy dealership in Idaho Falls, Idaho, where I where I grew up, and uh, so it started in there washing cars. In a couple of weeks, they moved me into detail. Two weeks later, the the main detailer that had been there, uh, he was a guy in his 60s, just up and quit. Uh, and so the I came in one day and the sales manager walked out to me and he goes, hey, listen, the other detailer quit. Um, it's it's you. And I said, well, I haven't done a lot of detailing. And he said, well, I haven't done any detailing. So you got more than me. So I guess you're going to, you know, baptism by fire, as it were. So he's, the first car he handed me was a black like, uh, what year of Corvette was that? Probably early 70s, 74, something like that, Corvette. And he said, I want it to look good. I want it to look perfect. You need to polish it and everything. And if you burn it, you're fired. (laughs) And I went, whoa, okay. (laughs) Throw you to the sharks, right?
0: If you get bit, uh, you're dead.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, needless to say, I was a little nervous, but so I am a little bit self-taught uh, as far as my first uh, background, but I've learned from other people through the industry. Um, I, I worked for them for a couple summers. I went to work for another dealership, uh, put myself through college, and then my wife and I decided our most flexible schedule we could have was to run our own detail business and uh, go, to, go to school. So I was getting up at four in the morning, catching the bus, riding down to uh, Idaho State University to to take classes in hospital administration, which was what I was going into and, uh, and clean in cars. We'd get home, clean cars till about seven, eight at night, study, go to bed by 11 and, and get up at four morning, four in the morning to, to catch the bus again. So it was a, it was a crazy hectic schedule, but it was a schedule that, it's the only schedule that would work for what we were doing. Another job would have been hard to do, but we have, we fell in love with the detail business and I just, you know, once it gets its hooks into you, it's hard to leave it. it. It, I'm the therapeutic type of guy that when I need to relax, I'll go out in my car or out in my garage and I'll start waxing my car, even if it doesn't need it, or I'll start, you know, heading around it with, with some type of product to, to dust it off and clean the windows. It's very therapeutic for me. And I'm sure a lot of the detailers out there can understand that. Um, and, uh, and it's fulfilling. It's instant gratification, um, which is another thing I love about the industry. So um, anyways, that's kind of how I got started in it. But uh, what do you think?
0: <laughs> oh, so far, so good. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I like the story. So yeah, that's, you know, getting up that early and it definitely, you know, that's a passion driven uh, way of doing it. And it's very motivating, you know, to know that you get up and, you know, have your own business, your own destiny, your own schedule. Um, but yeah, having to get up that early and do it, that's part of the grind, right? That's part of getting out and doing it yourself and not doing it for somebody else. So what, what happened as far as after, you you know, that was going and you started building up your clientele, where'd you go from there?
1: So I actually, uh, my wife and I, we, we lived in Eastern Idaho, which it's a great place, but you don't want to live there in the winter. I mean, two, three feet of snow and cold, mm. you know, minus 20, minus 30 sometimes, it's, uh, it's not my favorite. It's a nice place to be from, not actually live in. So <laughs> we took a trip to Boise, Idaho, and we left about three feet of snow. We got over here, and the, the grass was almost green, and the temperature was nice, and we fell in love with Boise, Idaho, um, and it is truly one of the heavens on earth. It's uh, There's a lot of nice places to be, but every time we go out to a trade show, which doesn't happen lately, but whenever we go somewhere and then come home, we, we truly feel... Um, it it just feels like home. It feels like a wonderful place. But, uh, so we visited Boise. Um, I finished my degree and decided, you know what? I don't know if that's what I want to do. And I know a lot of guys have done that, but I said, I don't know at the end of the day if that brings me joy. Um, and I knew that I loved the auto detail industry. So, um, we came over here and we opened up a shop. And uh, a, a much bigger shop. It was 5,000-square-foot shop. And we said we're either going to go for this all the way or we're not. Uh, so we opened up a place called Bumper to Bumper um, Auto Detailing. And that was in 89, I think it was, or 88, right around in there. And we, um, we just started to work, hired a couple of employees. After six months, we were pretty buried. We had all the work that we could do. Back then, just to give you an idea, we did a lot of dealer work. Um, which is a lot, how a lot of detailers start. And um, it's a great way to hone your skill, but it's not a great way to make a lot of money. Um, at the time, we were getting 55 bucks out of a detail And oh my uh, goodness. isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's when things, yeah, that's when you weren't getting paid a whole lot to do a whole lot of work.
1: No, but you know, back then, uh, supplies were definitely a little less and yeah. uh, raw materials, I'm sure, for everybody was less. D- your average detailer um i mean minimum wage is 310 so we've come a long way since then
0: oh yeah um oh yeah
1: and and so has the industry i mean back then the only thing we had to use when i started detailing was wool pads that's all we had and and uh, learning how to buff a car a black car and be swirl free was a, a, a bit of a conundrum it was really uh there was an absolute skill level involved to be able to polish cars, um, we didn't even have foam pads. So it was a the the least aggressive pad we really had was a lamb's wool polishing pad, and I, I still own one to this day. They're kind of an interesting pad, but um, th- that's all we had. So you really had to you really had to hone what you what you do. So I I have grown up and cut my teeth on rotary, and I think it's still an amazing medium uh, to use for the detail field that a lot of guys are missing um, some of their best work. You know, and I know I've talked to guys like Rennie before and Jason Rose, all of us guys who have spent years in the industry and spent all that time with Rotary. Um, don't get me wrong, I don't want to go back to just Rotary. No, thank you, it's <laughs> that's, that's not a path I want to go down. But I am so glad that I, that I have that intensive skill in Rotary, and I love to teach it to people. So if anybody ever wants to know, contact me. I would love to, to talk to you or go to your event. If you want to learn Rotary, um, I want to teach it. So anyways, uh, the uh, so we started that shop, got busy, did well. In 91, um, I was having a trouble with my local distributor, and I couldn't get product. And he was constantly jacking prices around on me. And it was really frustrating.
0: Such a pain in the and,
1: ass. Oh, it's, we did not have e-commerce back then. I couldn't get on and go to somebody's website and say, okay, I, I, I can't do this. No, so be, said, someone would have been ahead of the game if they were set
0: up like uh, that. I know, back I,
1: <laughs> well, in, in, in 91, I didn't know the internet even was going to exist.
0: Uh, yeah, his dial I, didn't up. <laughs> even,
1: I didn't have a cell phone yet. They they, they weren't, they weren't really around. Um, So it, it, our world, uh, I mean, I think of what my kids have grown up in right now. It's, it's crazy. So um, anyways, there, there's a lot of stories and war stories from the good old days in detail that are really fun to look back on. Um, But once again, I wouldn't trade them for, the technology in product and the technology in equipment and everything that we have, i would not trade it at all because where this industry has come in it especially the last 10 years blows my mind when i when i got my first uh dual action uh you know rupe's uh legacy tool um i got the levi gates at the rag company and i the first ones that were ordered in the state of Idaho were, were from me. Um, and I, you know, I ordered them who, I think it was Kevin Brown at the time uh, buff daddy uh, who's once again, he's fun to talk war stories with. And if you ever want to pick a guy's brain on, on polishing and paint correction, he is the, the Mecca of uh, understanding. He, he has a third eye. I like to call it where he can, <laughs> he can visualize he has an eye under the pad where he can visualize what's going on with that compound and that pad in his mind. And I've got like a two and a half eye compared to him. I can kind of do what he does, but he's, he's magic. So um, if you ever get a chance to meet Kevin, you don't want to miss it. He's a, he's a genius, but
0: yeah, he is. Um,
1: the, uh, so I, I just, it's been fun to watch that happen. And since the, the, the Rupes product and the, the Flex Dual Actions and these have come out, it, it has improved our quality in this, in this uh, arena so much more. And I can hand, for the most part, you can hand a, a dual action polisher to someone who has never used one and they can get pretty amazing results. If I'd have handed somebody a rotary polisher, all they do is destroy their car, you know? It, it, uh so it's nice to have that out there these days. Um, so we started, uh, I got frustrated with my distributor uh, pricing and all that stuff. So I started to look for options and uh, I found an option and, and I'm not going to name names, uh, but uh, some of the companies that I've dealt with, everybody's going to know that we distributed for and just phenomenal companies um, and uh, just really family oriented good companies. And I enjoyed in my distribution business taking the service that I wished I'd had and giving it to every single one of my customers. I loved my customers. They were literally my best friends. I would go out and see them every week. I would talk to them about their families. I would talk to them about their struggles. I would talk to them and teach them. If it would have been for me about money and uh, turning a dollar all the time, I wouldn't have done it. There's no joy in that. For me, it's about building relationships and building um, a community. And uh, that's what I've, that's what I've loved about this business. And, so you and were still love to this day.
0: Your shop that you were running and doing the distribution once you had did, did that. in with a yeah. distributor. I'm, I'm pretty good at juggling. You should see me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was balancing a, a shop that was doing, you know, a high production shop. Uh, and I, at first I hired guys to run the distribution business that didn't work well for me. So I got out on the truck myself and fell in love with doing that. Um, and hired someone to run the shop, but five years later, uh, had somebody make an offer on the shop and I sold the shop and, and that worked out well for me. Um, and then that's what I've done for the last 30 years is that distribution business, uh, from, from 91 until six months ago, um, and i sold it to some great great uh guys that have great business sense and uh a lot more time than i had uh and they're big car enthusiasts and they're loving doing it and my son still works for them uh and loves the business too so oh,
0: very um, nice
1: but yeah and, and i i i originally thought he was going to buy it from me but it's sometimes i I don't know. It's it's in a way I'm glad he didn't because sometimes working with family can be complicated and I love him to death. We love to golf and do you know, go shooting and stuff together. But I don't uh, but it makes it a little bit different when it's a boss employee relationship and it can it tax on yeah,
0: it changes so, the dynamics of things on both ends.
1: Especially when you got a wife involved of his yeah. and a wife involved of mine. Women are women are the best thing in the world, but they bring a whole different dynamic. Yeah. So, um, so I did, uh, I I sold that six months ago and, but it's been about three years since we started Buffbrite and Buffbrite's been a real creative, um, way for me to explore things I've thought about for the last 40 years at problem solving and things that, that are, um, tools that I kind of thought was missing from the, the industry. And, uh, and I wanted to do some embedding. So now we've got three patents and we're working on two more
0: and we've got more products
1: in the works and, uh, and we're just having so much fun. It shouldn't be legal.
0: (laughs) Now with, 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 you know, going into buff bright in the, in the products, as far as your lights, I mean, where did the concept and idea that start, how did that backstory happen? Let, uh, let everybody know what, what triggered that.
1: You bet. So I'm sure every detailer out there has been in a situation, whether you're mobile, whether you've got a set shop or whether you're at a dealership, at some point you've gone, man, I just can't see what I'm doing, especially on the side of a car. Most of us have top light. That's not a problem. Even if it's crappy uh, fluorescent, we still have some light from up there, but the side of a car, which tends to get more scratches is the hardest part to get light. So where I happened is in this actual shop that I'm in right now, out in my man cave, as it were, and I was working. My other passion for years has been restoring muscle cars. Oh, very nice. So I've done over 200. I've done uh, 44, just 67 to 69 Camaros. Oh,
0: damn.
1: Um, So it's been some were full frame offs and some were frame ons. Um, But um, so I was working on this black 69 Camaro, and the, that light right over there in that corner, the ballast blew up. And I was like, ah, oh. well, the, the car, um, the battery was dead. So I couldn't start it. Um, I didn't feel like pushing around the shop. And so, you know, sometimes the, the best ideas are from necessity. So I, I went out and I'm like, what the crap am I going to do? So I, I had a headlamp, got my headlamp. It just wasn't getting the job done. Um, this black car had a lot, I had wet sanded it and you know how it is with wet sanding. You've got to, you've got to work your way back out of that. And, um, and with the wrong amount of light in a shop, that's not well lit. You're never going to get it. You'll get it outside and you'll see splotches where you didn't get it right. So I started just saying, all right, I got to find another way to do this. So I looked around my shop. The first thing I did is I had this, one of those long lights that everybody uses and I took it. And I put a bungee cord around it and I hooked it to my shoulders, like shoulder pads. And I'm trying to buff with that light on my shoulders. Well, that was better than a <laughs> headlamp by far. But, uh, and, and then mm-hmm. I took a floor lamp and I tried to use that. But every time I would get in front of the floor lamp, I would lose, I'd get that shadow and yeah. I'd lose my effect. Because just as you know, and, and I know Dylan at Rupes did a, uh, one of their their first, um, Group, ask Rupes things that they do. Um, and it was on the angle of lighting. So we've all been driving down the road before in the, on our way to work and we see a black truck at the dealership and it looks great. And then we drive home on the way home, the light hits it a different way and it's covered with swirl.
0: Yeah, like, same... is that the same one? Damn. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, somebody just pulled that in the shop and ruined it during the day while I was gone. Uh, but so I started to experiment and, and it would, it took about eight months of research and development to come up with the light that we came up with because we needed a combination of long lasting battery, good intensity of light, but yet not so hot that it would burn your eyes. Because I learned a lot about Kelvin temperature and some Kelvins like 4,500 aren't, are really aren't enough. And they're too much on the yellow spectrum to kind of give you that true full spectrum light you need. And then other lights are like, like a scan grip light, they're great lights, but they're like 9,500. You aim that at the paint and then look away and then look back and you've got a spot burned from the reflection into your eyes, it's like a welder. It burns, it's like looking at the sun for a second and then you look away and you see that, that impression of the, the light of the sun in your eyes.
0: No, with the intensity so, of just drowning out the imperfections that you're chasing, you know, you get to a point yeah, where it's exactly. too much.
1: <laughs> you wash it out. Yeah. yeah. So 6,800 Kelvin is where we found was perfect. We went with a cool blue hue. It, it was calming on the eyes. It didn't give you eye strain, had all the light you needed. And that's where that came from. So uh, that, that was our, our first prototype. Uh, my first one was made out of wood. Um, and a garden hose piece and all this you know I started prototyping um, and then we started to go to production and it slowly worked itself into what has become just a, a real blessing for me and for a lot of other detailers out there so it's it's been fun to watch it.
0: Yeah and as far as you know application at this point you've you've transitioned from looking into putting it on the polishers to. You know the standard polishers, but now you could put it on the hybrid, you could put it on your vacuum nozzle. I mean, you have all these different attachments that provide different applications, and it makes it yep. more universal that way. And you could just pop it out, right? Just pop it out. And- yeah, the,
1: the first ones were bolt on, now now they just snap off. So you, you can just take it and oh, well, here, let me grab this one. You just snap off the uh, the whole thing comes off, yeah. and you can wait, walk over to your uh, your Rupes hybrid nano, snap it onto there, turn it to where you want it and you got that. And then when you're done with that, snap it off of there, you can bring it over to your crevice tool. And if you haven't tried this for dry vacuuming, there is no light in the world that will show you what you're gonna get. How many times have you vacuumed a black car, Justin? And it's always hard to get the right amount of light in there. And then you pull it out and you find bits of sand and bits of different things in the corners or dog hair or whatever that you missed and you're like ah oh, you don't miss it at all when you put a flamethrower onto that it it's 800 lumens of light right where you need it so and then we also put it on it mounts to extractor nozzles Yep. so when you're yep. extracting so it helps for that and and we even broke down and and made it into a headlamp so you can switch to a headlamp so it's it's the light that follows you the whole car We even have another attachment that hooks it to pressure washers. A lot of guys have a uh, tough time getting enough light when they're doing engine bays, because you get all that steam in there and stuff, and this light cuts right through the steam, so it mounts right to your wand, and you can just turn that light on, take it right from the wand, snap it onto your high-pressure wand. Now you're down in the motor. You can see clear down to the frame inside of there. You can see every little thing, and you don't have to come back and touch up your motor lately, because you cannot fix what you can't see, and, and we've all done it. Pressure a motor, polish a car, whatever, with the wrong light, pull it outside and go, dang, I, I, I missed that. I didn't see it. But you won't miss it if you got light.
0: So that's a application for somebody pulling a late night or early morning and it's still, <laughs> still dark out, and at least they'll allow them to be able to see maybe their outside area is not all set up with proper lighting, and that I'm sure Exactly. We we
1: yeah. were just setting out to solve a problem that that I had, and uh, I'm just very grateful. We have distributors now in uh, 62 countries around the world, and it's it's awesome. It, it's uh it's so great to see people out there using this light and feeling the the positive effects of it on everything they work on.
0: Yeah, and it's such a good, inexpensive alternative source for those who. Maybe getting set up at home in their garage, or the first time that they're getting a shop, or even being mobile, right? With being able yep. to, you know, execute these polishing services at different locations that have poor lighting, it allows them to be able to get into purchasing a couple of these, especially for some of the lights that are on the market. These are inexpensive compared to to those, and so that allows them to be able to purchase multiple units and and be very versatile with them. That's that's very cool. And it, you're right; it's it's providing. A, uh, a solution to a void in the industry that is definitely a spot for this kind of application that works very well.
1: Oh, thank you. I, we've, we've, uh, and we're, we're never going to end trying to make it better. We're constantly looking at ways that we might improve. Um, and every time we find something that'll work better, we're going to do it. We just improved the light, we upped the uh, power in it by 25%. So oh, now wow. the battery will last unbelievably long. Um, and, uh, we've, we've improved the switch on it. We took out the strobe function. So now you just got a high, medium and off. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're always looking for ways to make it, to make it better and, uh, to make it, uh, perform like, like we want it to perform.
0: So now the the strobe, because I remember getting one of the first rounds of of the lights, the strobe function, was that a default feature that you kind of couldn't work around on the first batch? Or was that actually for like club boats? So when you're listening to some music, (laughs) you could... (laughs) There there, there you go.
1: We we, we called it dance mode, you know? (laughs) It it, it was a lot of fun. uh, to it, It was in the switch. So no one made a switch, a micro switch for us that would work at the time. And to design our own would have been about 15 grand. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'd rather just leave it there and, and find a, uh, a, a place that it can be useful. I'll, I'll be honest with you. We found out when we, because when we're at SEMA, we go out and we hook up some of the guys there with it. And uh, we said, listen, if you ever have a spot when no one is at your booth, go into show mode. And we'd go ahead and hit the strobe button. And I, and I turn it on and I said now watch this and they start moving and like people come in it's like moths to a flame you know yeah and and they just they're like what is that and then they turn off show mode and so we we ended up calling it show mode but um, still we were happy when a switch was available and we could get rid of that feature it's I don't I don't like having to have the the extra click than I have to so that's why we improved it
0: no that makes sense yeah but oh good I'm glad you got rid of it I mean it was cool, but it wasn't a functional, <laughs> functionalable option, right? No. Uh, so we had to start as, somewhere, though. Yeah. No. This is true. I mean, why not? Why not go with something that that works? And then as you as you evolve and you see how the product takes off, then you could go from there with adjusting and finding a different source or investing into making it work the way you want it to. Um, I agree. Now, with with these other products that you've started to develop in the process of of the of the light taking off. Um, tell me about that fur reel. Tell, tell me where, where you ended up developing and coming up with that, because that is a very popular and very useful, <laughs> very useful tool.
1: Well, what I usually do when I'm looking to solve a, to make a product is I say, OK, what's the biggest problem in our industry? What's the biggest time waster? I, I saw lighting as a quality issue problem and as a time problem. But I knew because let's just put it this way. I have two German shepherds. I shouldn't have to say anything else. My <laughs> wife loves to take them with us. And so oh we go for a half an hour ride in the car. I kid you not. I'd throw the two dogs in the back of the Jeep as black interior and we go for a half an hour ride. And that was 45 minutes to get the hair out that they put into it in a 45 oh, yeah. minute ride.
0: And if you have the window and, down, it's getting in your eyes, it's your mouth, if you're talking. Uh, and it's
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's been fun to watch this product grow. We've, we've sold, I won't give you the number, but it's an enormous amount that we've sold since January of last year. So we're at our one-year anniversary of this product. That it, once again, it's all around the world. It's all over Amazon. Um, I, I think it just got listed on Pinterest, if any of you guys are into Pinterest. But uh, it, uh, I'm not, I've, I've never been on it. So, uh, but, so what it is, is the most popular nozzle in the world that we had found out there. Sorry, it's a tight fit that most detailers use is the Mr. Nozzle uh, crevice tool. Fits your standard inch and a half. Johnny at Mr. Nozzle makes these phenomenal guy, phenomenal product, just takes abuse. So a lot of guys, professional detailers, have that product. So, um, so we wanted to design, a, and I worked with a friend of mine. So I have a friend of mine who's an engineer and a business owner from uh, across the ocean over in the, in the EU. And um, he had an idea for another product and we had talked about it. And I said, you know, Alan, his name's Alan Sorg. I said, Alan, you've got a great idea, but a wrong, the wrong application. So we, we went to work, figured out a made way to make it work better, and then apply it to the right type of attachment that it would work the best for the most amount of people. And wow. Uh, so that's, that's how the For Real was born. The way that it works is you've got these, it's a, it's a kind of a vulcanized rubber mixed with a silicone and a polymer, so as it warms up, it actually grabs the hair, pulls it um, just lightly. And it, what it does is it tries to pull it linearly so it's in this straight row so the vacuum can take it away. Now, we have had a few guys out there who, now, granted, most guys and most human nature is if I want to get something out, I scrub harder, right? So some guys think, well, if I if it's good at a light pressure, then it's even better at a heavy pressure. So they're just, you know, leaning 150 pounds into it and uh you're you're gonna wear that out if you do that plus you're making your job harder yeah you're actually trapping the hair against the carpet and the suction can't remove it it's it's not the way that the tool was be has been made to be used it's it's made to be used lightly and slowly so that it linearly lines up the hair and if you do that it's magic
0: and it allows for airflow because of that that little bit of difference between the the ground that and gap between, yep 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 yeah positive then air flow. direct suction it just direct suction won't do it you have that airflow it actually helps bring everything up into the vacuum
1: yep yeah yeah and I it's like it's been it's been phenomenal and then we brought out the fang because sometimes this is a little long um yeah. and it, it it takes two hands so we came out with the fang which is a smaller attachment um but our first version of the thing very good but it would sometimes, if you didn't hold on to it, it would spin a little. So our last thing we just released a few weeks ago is Fang 2.0. So it's like oh, a mini crevice tool.
0: It's contoured for it, the actual
1: curry. Uh huh. It's gripped, so it's easy to hold. It fits inch and a half outside, inch and a quarter inside. So if you're at home and you have like your central vac at home, or a lot of your vacuums that are there, or even some of the shop bags have an inch and a quarter that they use. Mm -hmm. So it fits inch and a quarter inside and then it fits your standard inch and a half outside cup. And what's even better is the for real, fits right on there. It's easy to hold, it's easy to work with. I've got really big hands, but and you can see it's so much shorter that it makes it so you don't have that kind of um, cantilever effect because there's a lot of leverage involved with keeping that 16 inch long tool uh, when you put a, a rubber end on it, it has a little grip. There's yeah. a lot of leverage. It takes two hands.
0: Yep. With, yeah, with the then it has some grab and then you're trying to do it with one hand, but it keeps moving. So you got to grab that thing.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then when you lean with two hands, you put more pressure and then you're not getting your desired effect. So by putting it in, uh, in one hand, easy to use the right amount of pressure. So just go one way. The other thing we found out is the, the, and you probably do this too, but the importance of a, Uh, static neutralizer. So when I have a bad dog and we've done tests, you can take dry dog hair and vacuum at it and sure you can get it out great with this. But if you take something, whether it's glass cleaner or some all purpose cleaner or some O and R or whatever you've got, that's a rinseless wash, whatever you want and spray a mist, not much of it, but all hair is either positively or negatively charged. So if the hair is positive, the carpet's negative, it sticks like a magnet. We've all picked hair off there and let it go. It just goes right back. We'll take and hit it with some glass cleaner, take the hair off and let it go. It just drops. It won't go back to the carpet. So it does two things. One, it cuts and neutralizes the static. Two, it forms a little bit of a lubrication for the for real. So it glides easier through those hairs on the carpet and lines all those hairs up and then sucks them away. And it's bar none, the fastest dog hair remover on the planet. We've tried it against everything out there. Um, I'm not going to sit there and tell you it's going to last for, you know, 700 cars. It's just not going to do it. If you have tires on your car, do they last 20 years? No. I mean, they have a wear life to them.
0: <clears throat> well, and here's and- the perspective too, for that is that think about it. Most detailers, professional detailers, you're going to upcharge for dog hair. I mean oh, you know, yeah. the, the three biggest major time consuming things in an interior is sand, glitter, and dog hair. And if you're not charging extra for it, then yep. you it you need to revisit, you know, your business structure. But the point being is when you are charging extra, that's the cost that will cover a furrow yield. So if you burn through a oh, furrow yield because you're being super aggressive, so be it. But the cost of that it, it account for it into the cost time of time is your, money. Of your pet hair removal. Exactly. And you, you offer it at a fair, if not, I would say inexpensive rate compared to what I think the value of it is. So for that reason, you should buy two or three of them just so you have always have backup. So if you do have a a major job where there's a lot of friction, the friction with the rubber obviously wears it, just like you had mentioned with the tires. So account for that cost. And then you won't feel you're at a loss of any sort. And you have a special tool that the guy down the street doesn't have.
1: So Buffenshine makes, uh, makes buffing pads, right? I mean, Correct. Does, does Julio get guys that call him and say, hey, I only used this buffing pad on six cars and uh, now, now it's thrashed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. We don't know how bad was the car, how rough was the paint surface. Yeah. What were you doing? Were you overheating the pad? There's so many variables there that is. matter. I, I had a guy from Canada, at a place called Muscle Mouse Auto Spa. And he called me and he said, I've got a guy that comes in every six months and has me do his pickup. It's Got black interior. And he said, uh, the last time I did his truck, he said it was almost 20 hours to vacuum the dog hair out. He has three, I think they were Huskies. He said said it would come in, it was like an inch thick. He said, so this was when he first ordered it. He said, will this work? And I said, I promise you it'll work. So he ordered our six pack kit, you know, and uh, he went ahead and brought that in. He called me about a month later after the appointment and he said, holy crap, that same truck came in. It was just as bad as ever. He said, it took me less than two hours. So 18 hours, he could have cared less whether or not it cost a little bit of money for the for real. The fact that there's a tool out there that will take one of the biggest nightmares in the detail industry and take it so it's a fraction of the time it used to take you. Of course it's gonna have a cost, but if we made it out of hard r- plastic, it would just sure it would last, but It'd it would become brittle wouldn't too. do the job. Yeah, yeah.
0: especially with some of these mobile units and the heat and the moisture, that plastic would probably become brittle compared to
1: and, and and next month our new version comes out. It looks exactly the same, and I'm not gonna tell you what's changed. You'll you'll see it when it hits social media. But the new model looks the same, the compound's the same, it does the same but it lasts two to three times as long. And when you see it, you'll understand why you'll be like, Oh my goodness. Why, why didn't that idiot think of that
0: before? I don't know. <laughs> well, the biggest benefit I it. I personally like about that tool is, you know, compared to the old pumice stones, you know, that was really the only way that you, you know, a rubber glove or the, the rubberized, uh, brush that you could use but the pumice stone was always something that worked very well the downside of that thing though is it would it would just fray the carpet up it would take it from a from a low pile to just this frayed out carpet that would just look rough like it was damaged and also if you hit it up against any plastic or side panels you were scarring those panels permanently those i mean there's i'm sure some in-house tricks that people perform to make the, the to make it look better but the point being is it damaged it as to where this, you could bump up against all all types of surfaces. Not a worry. You know, you give it to an employee, not a worry at all. You give a pumice stone to an employee, you basically have to be over their shoulder or you're going to be replacing some uh, interior parts, especially like on minivans where they have the plastic seat tracks and yep. things like that. I mean, you're, oof.
1: Yep. Well, and not only days. that, but uh, so if you go on Amazon, yeah, you're going to pay a retail price for this. We, we run Amazon, uh, for the retail public. That is not the place detailers should go to buy this. Go to our site. You can buy it in a, in a kit. If you buy our 12 pack, these things come down to like seven bucks yeah. and th- th- they really get cheap. And so if you do it that way and you want to buy 12 of them and set yourself up for a while, a pumice stone is going to cost you more than seven bucks. And, and it's a two-handed operation. It loads up the stone. It takes forever. I- I'm not beating up on anybody else's product. We just wanted to make a better animal yeah. So if you're a professional detail and you're shopping on Amazon for this, don't get mad at me. I, I'm sorry that the price there is $19.99. We honestly set that price there to help out our distributors because these guys are sick of getting price checked constantly. And, and so we set that price there so that they have a, a perceived retail value um, and so they can bring it to the guys and sell it to them for 12 or 14 bucks and, and not get price checked by Amazon.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's across the board for anything these days, you know, everything is right there, right at your fingertips with being able to be online and, you know, all these different distributors and especially with COVID, I mean, anything e-commerce or d- distributed online has gone through the roof in in regards to supply and demand. So, yep. I mean, and that, that's a whole nother ocean of competition in itself. And there's, there's no guidelines for that, right? Anybody could get a product and resell it for whatever the heck they want, whether they're losing or gaining money. They just want to get it going and get it out there. And sometimes it's just a a blind leader for marketing. (laughs) You know, and it doesn't,
1: doesn't help that, that eBay or excuse me, uh, that Amazon takes such a big cut. I mean, they're a great company. You know, you would not believe how much they, you know, we sell one of these for 19 and Amazon's taken seven of it. No, wow. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's a, People don't appreciate how much... Uh, convenience. <laughs> well, the convenience is costing them and costing the the vendor who's, who's trying to sell it to you through Amazon. It's a great thing, but it was never our business model. Our business model is to get this into the hands of the detailers and to get it there um, in a way that is economical. But please don't go to Amazon and think you're going to find the most economical version of it. That's for sure.
0: Now, with, with, with the fur eel... Mm -hmm. Um, and the, uh, buff bright light. I mean that you're pretty much more of an inventor, you know, you know, going from just, you know, detailer slash distributors, detailer to, you know, now being more of an inventor and, and, and Pro, a really, problem
1: solver, a problem, problem solver, <laughs> a pioneer
0: for something new in the industry, which is cool. You know, whether it be one thing that you come up with or multiple things, I mean, you're you're on a roll is basically what it comes down to. You've come up with some things that provide solutions to those that it, it's very helpful as like you said, a problem solver. Is there anything else in the lineup that that uh, outside of your newer version of that for real that you've you've got? Um that you want to talk uh, Yeah, about?
1: we've got a we got another version um, that will be out uh, probably middle of next month too. Um, I'll just tell you it's going to be called the Hammerhead. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll I'll will basically it's a bigger version of this. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and it's it's something that was on the market before but didn't really do much in the US, but my uh, my partner that I worked with uh, over in the EU that is um, on the engineering side uh, it's something he had designed a while ago, but we're going to bring it in and reintroduce it to the U S and we've changed it a little bit and made it a little more user friendly. Um, so we're going to release that. And then I got something else is coming out a little towards more towards SEMA if we get to have that, but I can't say anything because we haven't gotten to the patent phase yet. So just, just wait, I think everybody's going to like it. And then we have another fun item that we're working on, uh, that you guys will be seeing pretty soon. We're working on the uh, prototype and the, and the um, proof of concept. And I, I know everybody's, get, it's more of a, a fun thing, um, but you're going to start seeing it everywhere all over social media. So you'll, uh, you'll, you'll see that in the next little while. The, I You know, Justin, I'm, I'm a big, um, this industry has blessed me, not just financially, it has blessed me with friendships, it has blessed me with um, just knowledge and, and, and most of all, something that makes me jump out of bed and spring out of bed to go to work every day. It's something that is a passion for me. It's not something that is just something I'm doing this week to earn money. Um, I love this industry. I love the community feel of it. I love everybody out there who is an influencer in it. They are. Great, great people there is some great leaders in this industry. I mean, look at Rennie with you guys and and what you guys do with the detail mafia. he was kind of an instigator there you know, love or hate Rennie whatever people feel I, I don't care he's just a good quality guy and and he's just a guy with good base morals and a guy with good family morals and him and Diane are just I, I can't say enough good about him but that's the community feel that I like about this. So, another thing I wanted to tell you about that we're doing because I want to see this whole community grow is I got with a friend of mine uh, back in Virginia, uh, West Virginia. Um, his name's Jim, and he had an idea. He's been in the magazine industry for years, and he said, You know what? I'm kind of semi retired now. I want to take what I've learned and put it into a passion for something that I am an enthusiast of. And he said, I want to start a detail magazine of sorts. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I like the idea. And if you're serious and you're willing to really put your heart and soul into it, I'll do the same. Now there's some other things out there. that I love there's some other periodicals and they do a great job, but we're going to go mostly digital. It's going to be free to every, a detailer who wants to sign up for it. And it'll, it'll bring vendor information, new product information, all sorts of stuff to that newsletter. It's something you can read on your phone. You can read on your computer. Um, we're going to send out, we're also going to set up a whole social media thing. So start with your before and after pictures, guys, because we want those before and after pics and they're going to be worth products and 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 prizes to you. So start taking them and saving them. Uh, we're going to release that. Uh, the, the name of the magazine is World of Shine. <clears throat> We've got lots of influencers that are going to do articles um, and things that you can read. We're going to highlight vendors. We're going to highlight industry issues that are going on. And that'll hit uh, your email inbox the end of March. And it's going to be incredible. It will so be a.
0: Some, you have a physical copy too, along with the digital yes. copy? Did I hear that right? Okay. It,
1: Exactly. So we're going to yeah. offer, uh, we'll only do the physical copy for the guys that want to sign up for a yearly subscription. It's going to be that really reasonable. Yeah. So if you want it, then we'll, it'll be a nice glossy. It'll be like getting a hot rod magazine in yeah. and you'll, you'll get that magazine, in. but that's only for the guys who sign up for that.
0: Your first but, issue centerfold with Tom. <clears throat> <clears throat>
1: yep. And, and we're going to do, <laughs> right we're going to do a sponsorship <laughs> for the IDA. We're going to set up a scholarship program. So part of our proceeds that we make, for me, it's not about the money. I'm not really making much from this, but I'm in, in relation to the rest of what I do. But it's more about that chance to give back and that chance to build the community in the industry. So that's that's why that's why I got involved. And, um, you know, it, it's like important that. to me.
0: It is. And it's important to a lot of people to hear that because that shows that this, you know, there's a lot of people that have their outlet for the revenue, but also have an outlet to be able to utilize things for charity, such as something like this to where the scholarship idea is great because there are, you know, the select few that would be candidates for maybe having a rough year and can't can't pay their dues for their next membership and that's where that contribution would go to somebody like that who would be really truly in need obviously they'd have to fit some criteria there'd be some Q&A behind oh, that yeah. just to validate but yeah i think i think it would be a great idea and it would be very helpful you know especially for those who really want to be part of the industry and help build it uh, but that just might be fan- financially struggling so that's that's cool because that may um enlighten some other uh, manufacturers to be involved at that level, but they see, you know, you guys taking lead on it and it, you know, being successful or just overall a great idea.
1: Well, it, if it, if it isn't giving back, then it's not worth giving any time to. That's just what I feel. You, you gotta, there's gotta be an end result that, that does something for everybody involved. And that's what we're just trying to do. So we, all we would ask is that when you do see that on social media, get involved, get us your email so we can get your your information out to you so you can see it. Um, in these days when we don't have trade shows to go visit and some people are worried about going to trade shows, mm-hmm. this is an outlet that lets these vendors get in front of you and show you what they have and what, they, what they've been working on. Because these guys didn't just go to sleep when COVID hit. Every yeah. one of these manufacturers worked to build better products for you to use every day, but they, they aren't getting the chance to show you. So we're gonna give you that chance to see it. So get behind it, enter our contest. We're not gonna judge the contest. We're gonna actually reach out to you guys as detailers and we'll actually send out from our email list thing to like 50 guys and say, hey, here's these pictures. Would you please judge them from uh, 10 to one and, and let us know. And then those will be featured in the the magazine or the, the news article, um, the newsletter. And then we'll use that to um uh judge the prizes but they'll, it'll be put in there if you want a hard copy of that because your picture and your shop made it in there let us know and we'll sign you up for the year and you can get that issue with your picture in it
0: i like that that's very cool that's a very good idea very good idea so as far as um now tom before we're at with time what is, um, what's the best way for somebody to reach out with you if they have interest in talking with you directly or uh, getting a hold of you for your products, such as a website, email, things of that nature?
1: You bet. So it, I would gladly talk to anybody out there. Like I said, I want to be an asset to anybody out there in the industry and, and let me teach you what I did wrong so that you don't have to do it wrong. Uh, learn from my mistakes. But um, my uh, direct number is on our website. If you just scroll to the bottom, push contact, You can get that there. Uh, You can email me at Tom at buffbright. That's B-R-I-T-E. We had to be weird, I guess. Buffbright.com. And uh, you can just visit our website at Buffbright.com. And you can check out our products. And uh, you you can check out our videos. You can go to Instagram at Buffbright Products and follow us there. And you're going to see we're trying to do as much new posting as we can all the time or on Facebook at just Buff Bright, B-R-I-T-E. And uh, reach out, guys. I would love to hear from you. Have you got an event? We love to sponsor. We'd like to help out wherever we can. Um, So let us know and and let us help you.
0: Yeah, no, and as far as uh, the products, you know, I've had an opportunity to play with the lights. They definitely have a place, uh, especially for a lot of guys that have poor lighting. It's a great fit. And the same thing with that Furial. I think that that overall, when it comes to tools, that's something that you should have in your arsenal and definitely look at that on the website. And uh, as far as uh, last words, Tom, anything that you could put out there that would be advice to those listening, anything that may be helpful, whether it be business detailing or life in general? Well,
1: here's here's one one thing that I've always believed and I've told my kids this and I want everybody to know you never know what life is going to hit you with so be diversified always be diversified I have never you know like I said I I know how to juggle Um, I've always had many things going at once during everything else I've done I've restored muscle cars one of my favorite things to do is just flip cars all these guys that detail have all the skills they need to know to produce extra income for their families and have a little fun at the same time by buying a car that maybe cosmetically is gross, or maybe, uh, it needs something light, like a tune up, whatever. Um, and you can take and turn that into just something you can be proud of and turn money to help your family. It's funny. I I said a few years ago, I I consider myself a Barney and I don't mean a big purple, uh, (laughs) Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, my my favorite thing, my favorite thing to find is a barn find. I've, I've got one right behind me here, and I've done some posts on it. But I dug this '64 El Camino out of a guy's garage, and it have been there for 33 years. It'd be Man. on this guy's farm, and it has been an absolute joy to get that much gratification back from just a, I guess, what you'd call a super detail. I I, I love that. So diversify in whatever you're doing. Never, never just count on one stream of income. That way, if you're having a tough time in your detail shop, go buy an inexpensive car, fix it up, flip it. There's always a way to make money. Just reward yourself by keeping busy and and in the end, you'll be rewarded.
0: I like it. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate you being on and uh, being on our 12th episode of the Reflection Artist Live, I mean, it's definitely something that has been turning into such a good thing with a lot of great guests, including yourself. So again, I want to thank you for being on and uh, we appreciate it. And um, we'll look forward to chatting here in the near future. I'm going to go ahead and log us off, but thanks again. And thank you for everybody out there who has listened or watched. Um, Until next time. Thank you. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.